Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, the fun therapist coming back at you for another week to bring you everything related from speech, play, language, development, and all of that other stuff that falls in between. I am elated to be here once again. You guys know this is one of my favorite places to be. Why? Because I get to tool you up and get you in the know. So let's get things started. We have been embarking on the what is it series. And if you've listened to the past three, then you know I have like a new what is it for every single week. Because whenever you're out there and you see something, hear something, don't know something, and you look and you're like, what is it or what is it or what is that? And so I'm here to give you the what it is on voice disorders today. And let me tell you, voice disorders, we take it for granted. Every time we take that deep breath in and go. And then as we exhale, our words and sounds come out. We take that stuff for granted, especially for us who've never had anything happen to our voice where our voice has never been impacted, especially for a long period of time. And so that's what we're going to cover today. Childhood voice disorders. It is going to be a blast. So I got to start you guys off with some did you knows about voice disorder. Did you know that three to nine percent of little sugars have voice disorders? I'm not including adults. I'm not talking about us 18 and up. I'm talking about the little sugars who are out there so stinking cute and smell like cookies. And for the ones that don't smell like cookies, but smell like kids, three to 9% of them, voice disorder. Here's the real kicker. Not even a full 1%.98% are receiving any kind of treatment. So that means a very small fraction of the sugars who have voice disorders are actually getting treatment for voice disorders. That's wild, right? And finally, voice disorders are more prevalent in boys than it is in girls. And you know, I should have looked a little bit deeper to find out why that is, but I guess it kind of aligns with everything else that goes with speech and language that usually the prevalence is more so with boys. If I were a betting woman, if I were a betting woman, I would argue that the prevalence is probably not higher with boys as much as it is. Girls are the masters at being able to imitate and cover stuff up. It's no joke. No lie. You should do some research on your own time about that. But seriously, I think the prevalence, if we did like real research, it might be a little bit equal with some disorders. But this one in particular, boys more prevalent with girls. We'll go along with the researchers. For today, next time we might do our own thing. I'm just kidding, y'all. <laughs> so voice disorders. What is it? What is a voice disorder? It seems pretty obvious, right? It is also known as dysphonia. And it occurs when the quality or the sound. Uh-huh. I know when I first said voice disorder to you guys, you guys probably had to be thinking the sound of the voice, but the quality too. If that is impacted. If Sugar's voice is different than what it is supposed to be, given their age, and yes, speech pathologists devote their lives to understanding voice, and there is a level of frequency that 
every kid is supposed to have at different ages in different stages. That's some real heavy stuff. We're not going there today. But if it's different or outside of what's considered the norm, then it's considered a voice disorder. It can impact the vocal quality. It can impact loudness. It can impact the effort that they have to put in to produce sounds to make words. Some characteristics around it include roughness. So it might sound like some vibration, some like vibration. It sounds pretty rough. I kind of think about like roughness and like that strained, harsh kind of tone or pitch or quality. I, I think about like when you have a cold where you have to like increase your effort, but it's usually beyond having a cold. It's happening all the time. Breathiness is another sign or symptom to where the breath and it sounds a little bit more like this, but you're not trying to sound like this, but it has like a, a breathy quality and it's really hard to produce if you don't have a breathy quality or sugar might have like a strangled quality. Sounds like somebody's holding the air in their throat and it's that's a strangled quality. And if you guys were able to see me, I'm like strangling my neck while I'm doing it to produce it because this stuff is hard to produce when you're speaking or when you have a normal voice and you're trying to like emulate these qualities because again, it's unnatural to us. And so another quality of it is the pitch. Your pitch may be too high, may be too low, be too much decreased range, or it might be a high and low and high and low pitch. Like there's these variations that can happen. And it also kind of carries over into the loudness. The volume can be unsteady. The volume can be too high. And I think this is a lot of reason why little boys end up with voice disorders because they're loud. My son is loud for no reason. I tell him all the time, you're loud because they're always screaming, because they're always excited and everything is important. And I'm so sorry to you guys if your volume was up and I just screamed really loud. I am so sorry. But, and on the other hand, it could also be too low, too low. Totally too low to where you could barely hear sugar. We expect sugar to speak at a normal speaking rate that's not necessarily too high or too low, but right there in the middle to where we can hear and we're not always saying, I can't hear you, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. Another characteristic of voice disorder is the abnormal resonance. And that's getting a little bit meaty, but picture your nose. Picture you kind of having this kind of sound. Or picture you kind of having, I'm trying to do a, a hypodasal, like this kind of sound. Or some kids, it sounds like the sound, it, like it's not coming out. It's trapped inside, like they're phonating, but the sound sounds trapped. It's, it's caught inside there. It can sound wet and gurgly. Like it always has like this wet and gushy quality to it. It can sound fry, uh, like a, like a pulse sound, like it's a fried quality. It sounds like it almost hurts. It can sound raspy. It can sound shrill. It can sound shaky. Like if you think about scary movies, that's some of the characteristics that are associated with it. And, you know, you see these little sugars having to increase their vocal effort when they're speaking. Like it looks like they're straining when they're trying to talk. 
in some cases. Sometimes they can't talk as much because when we speak, right, you have to think about it. Take this little nerd journey with me. When you take a deep breath in, everybody, let's take a deep breath in. If you fill your stomach, you fill all that air in your stomach. But as you start to talk, the sound comes from your stomach. It travels up, goes into your throat. And I'm not going to get super heady with you guys, but you use your throat. It starts there. The sound starts there. And then it goes up and you use your articulators, your lips, your tongue, your teeth, your hard palate, your soft palate, all of that good stuff, your lips and your jaw to produce this sound and control where it goes. So your body really is a machine when you are using your voice, when you're using your speech. So let's try it one more time. You breathe in. And as you start to talk, you can feel your body losing air, right? But when you decrease your endurance, when you have decreased endurance, you might get a lot more tired. So there might be a lot more breaths going in, which can lead to like abnormal breaks when you're speaking or it can cause strain or it can impact the quality. Or you might even notice that sugar has different vocal quality. Their voice might sound different throughout the day based on if they're tired and if they have to put a lot of effort into it. Because again, we take these things for granted that come so natural to us. But if you have some kind of voice disorder, if sugar has a voice disorder, then it really like if they're sleepy, it really can impact their quality. If they're awake, they might sound fine. But you might notice like as the day wears on their voice, kind of like the quality of it falls apart. You might also notice frequent coughing or throat clearing to kind of get things cleared up so they can talk because that goes into that gurgly quality. If it always feels like there's something in your throat, then it's really difficult to comfortably communicate. You might adapt to it, but it's not something that you necessarily want to see sugar to have to adapt to. And it may be an underlying something else going on and it can worsen over time. So you might want to know at this point, why do voice disorders occur in sugars? Well, there's a bunch of different reasons. Sometimes the airflow is impacted. And that goes back into that little exercise we just did when we breathe in and we got that air going. Like if there's something that's impeding or getting in the way of them being able to take a good breath and be able to produce that sound, that can impact their voice. If their core is weakened, the strength of the core, the strength of the muscles throughout the articulators, that can impact voice, balance, coordination, stamina, the the structures that allow you to resonate those sounds in your throat, the pharynx, the oral cavity, the nasal cavity. If those areas are impacted, it can impact the flow of your voice. And it's interesting stuff because with voice disorders in general, you have to think about it being a muscle, kind of like a machine, like any other machine. Let's think of a treadmill. If you don't have the pedals to create the endurance, then it's impossible to go. And so if you are without a wheel, then it's impossible to go. If you are without a chair, it's impossible to go. If you're without a foot pedal, then it is impossible to go. And so that's kind of the same thing with voice and how we produce voice. You have to be able to have all of your equipment 
from your diaphragm to your lips working together in order to produce a great quality of voice. With voice production, there's three subsections that can impact the voice production. And that's organic things. Those are natural things that have happened to your body, that's happened to sugar's body. There's functional things that take place to where it's something that you may be doing, some behavior that may need to be changed with the help of a speech therapist and an ENT, or it may be some psychogenic causes to where there's an additional diagnosis that goes along with it. And we're going to go into that now. Structurally, things can go wrong. Your body can naturally have something that's impacted that's causing sugar to have a voice disorder. Now, remember, you guys might be like, but they're too young. Remember again, three to 9% of sugars have a diagnosis of a voice disorder and less than 1% is getting treated. Why? Because this is an area that we're just not in the know about. Nobody hears about this stuff unless something is really wrong, but it can be something underlying going on and you world changers are just kind of interpreting it as this is normal. And so this is why I'm passing out this information to you guys, because if you're one of that three to nine percent or living with the sugar with that's the three to nine percent, then I want you to make sure to get help. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's go back into what can impact voice production, because I totally went off on a tangent. The first thing, organic, your structure. There might be some abnormalities with your vocal folds, and that's what controls the breath that comes out. It can be nodules or edema or glottal stenosis or respiratory papillomas or sarcopenia. And those are all things that are just things that can impact the vocal folds. It can be inflammation of the larynx, and that can be because of frequent colds or frequent inflammation, like whatever causes that inflammation can cause difficulties for the larynx to work the way that it needs to work. Remember, think again, machine. Trauma from the larynx, like if a sugar had to get intubated or chemical exposure. So like if you're working in or working, not sugar, if you're living in an area close to factories and they're getting a lot of exposure to toxic chemicals, yes, that can impact their voice or some kind of external trauma where there's some kind of owie. Another thing that can happen is the neurological side, and that does also fall under organic to where there can be recurrent paralysis in the larynx to where it just stops working. And paralysis, we all know, simply means something stops working the way that it's supposed to, and the larynx can become paralyzed. They can have dysphonia to where it's just without sound, it can either abduct or adduct, but whatever the reason is, the sound is not producing the way that it's supposed to. Parkinson's disease, that's a familiar term that most people have heard of, can impact the voice. And multiple sclerosis, that is another term that's pretty common knowledge that can impact the voice. Functional causes of voice disorder. These are the functional things that have happened. This is stuff that you're doing, <laughs> that sugar's doing to cause the voice disorder. And this is a lot of times what happens to the little guys that I've seen who have voice disorder to where they're screaming and yelling and they're always clearing their throat because they're always mucusy. So you got to think about that sugar 
who is possibly asthmatic or they get frequent colds or they have frequent ear infections and the fluid is getting trapped. And if they're always going, <clears throat> if you do that, you're messing with your, your whole cavity in your throat that helps produce sound. And so that can cause a problem if it's more frequent than your seasonal cold, your average cold, the tension, always yelling. If you keep yelling or if you've lost your voice and you keep trying to produce sound, that can impact Sugar's voice. And also vocal fatigue. If the voice gets tired, if it's overused, if they're always in a loud place, if the TV's always up too loud, if the music's always up too loud and they're competing to communicate or if they're in a really loud family, I have a really loud family and they're competing to communicate, then it can definitely cause problems with the voice. The final thing that can impact voice production or sugar's voice are psychogenic causes. And that means something's going on with the mind. There's another diagnosis that's coming along with that chronic stress disorder. If sugar is always stressed out, then the body holds onto that stress and it shows up in different ways. Yes, it can show up with the voice. Anxiety. If sugar's always anxious, then again, this is something that their body internalizes. It can impact their voice quality, their voice production. If they're depressed, that can impact their quality. If they're always talking really low or if they're talking outside of a frequency that's not normal. Remember, we talked a little bit about the normal frequency that we expect sugars to use. If they're talking outside of that or they're using a frequency that's not normal, that can totally impact the quality of their voice conversion reaction and that's without sound and it just it can happen and so there are things that can take place in the mind that impacts sugar's voice and you might be wanting to know at this point if there's a cure is there a cure is there something that we can do is there something that we can use to remediate this no magic pill for this one y'all I'm sorry. None of this stuff I'm going to be talking about has a magic pill. (laughs) I'm your magic pill. (laughs) Other speech and language pathologists are the magic pill for this one. What you have to do for this is visit your sugar's pediatrician and get a referral for an ENT. Yeah, not me first. An ENT, an ear, nose and throat doctor, a.k.a. otolaryngologist. The reason why we go there first is because They're going to want to rule out if anything physiological is going on, if there's any kind of damage. Remember, we talked a little bit earlier about vocal nodules and things like that that can take place. If a vocal nodule or something is happening on their vocal folds, then we want the ENT to be able to remediate that first and resolve it first and make sure that nothing else is going on before you come and see the speech pathologist. This is the one time that speech pathologists cannot immediately treat. And so if you go to a speech pathologist and you're like, hey, I want to get a consultation for my sugar. I'm noticing their voice. We're going to stop you in your tracks. The speech pathologist should stop you in their tracks and say, hey, I need to refer you to an ENT. If you have not already seen one, go to your child's pediatrician, get a referral go to the ENT, make sure everything is all good with the structure and then come back and see me. And I'll, I would love to tool you up, but do not go to the speech pathologist. If you suspect that sugar has a voice disorder first, don't do it. 
And so we don't want to make things worse. We we just don't. And we would be liable for that. So no, please do not come to us first for that. And so what should you su- suspect if sugar has a voice disorder? Well, encourage your sugar to get closer to the person that they want to communicate with instead of yelling. So this is where at this point we want to preserve the voice as much as possible. We don't want to cause any other abuse than what's already been done. We want to schedule some periods of vocal rest or quiet time in the day and in the night. Why? Because remember, we talked about vocal fatigue at different times of the day. Sugar, depending on if they're tired or not, can hinder the quality of their voice if they're using it and they're tired. And so then it becomes effortful and other things can snowball. So we don't want to do that. We want to play around with different voices so sugar can become more aware of different levels of loudness and pitch and clarity. So like, for example, start speaking to them very softly and then build up gradually until your voice is loud and talk about what a soft sound is and talk about what loud sound is and discuss those different loudness levels in order to tell sugar and demonstrate to sugar when to use which voice for what situation, because some sugars just don't know. And that's when you hear a lot of teachers saying inside voices, inside voices or quiet voices or those kinds of voices because they're teaching them without directly teaching them how to control their voice. We do it all the time, right? If we're in a public place, we're going to use a softer voice. We're not talking like this all the time. So we want to be mindful to teach sugar the same thing. And we want to make sure that they're not using a a harsh and rough voice all the time because, again, over time, it can impact their quality. And yes, they can develop nodules and other things on their vocal folds from being way too loud. Praise your sugar when you hear them using a quiet, gentle voice, especially in the house. My sugar, oh my gosh, like I said earlier, he's loud. And so I have to encourage him all the time. Please stop being so loud. Use your inside voice. Or I invite him to go outside. Either or works for me. But finally, discourage yelling and screaming and excessive shouting, talking over people in loud backgrounds. If you guys are TV family and the TV's on loud, if the video games are on loud, if you like, the theater room to sound like the movie theater, especially now trying to, you know, emulate what you don't have or not being able to go to the movie theater. Just make sure that sugar is not screaming a lot. And for that matter, make sure you're not screaming a lot either. Protect your voice as well. And just make sure that they're protecting their voice. Push mute or pause, especially if it's an emergency. If they're just talking during the movie, don't do it. Like you keep watching your movie, tell them to table those thoughts and enjoy yourself. But if it's like a real thing going on and it's the norm to have like the TV loud or music loud, then please just push mute, let them talk to you and then turn it back on. Have fun. And there's a bunch of other things that can have a negative impact on the voice that are unrelated to the stuff that we've already talked about, the stuff that we've already discussed. And that's smoky, dusted, polluted environments. Yes, that stuff gets trapped into your vocal folds. It goes into your nasal cavity, like your body. When you sniff stuff in that hasn't been dusted, when you smell and your home hasn't been properly dusted, or if the school, the classroom or wherever you are that that you're frequenting 
hasn't been dusted or the air quality is poor when they're breathing that stuff in, it can have an impact on their vocal quality. Not drinking enough fluids if their vocal folds are constantly dry. Remember, the vocal folds is where the sound comes out, how we control the sound, how we control the pitch, how we control everything. And if they are dry and dehydrated, think about two dry rubber bands that no longer have any kind of elasticity. And so we want to make sure that they're not drinking a lot of sugary drinks because that doesn't really help the vocal fold and that is not hydrating um, the body or the vocal folds. Water, tea, stuff that hydrates, not stuff that dehydrates. If they're a sugar that really likes something to drink that has a little bit of flavor, cut up a few pieces of fruit in their water and let it diffuse. Like there's even diffusing pitchers, but you don't even have to go that far. Just cut up a piece of fruit toss it in their cup and let them drink it that way. And that is a way to where they're getting hydrated and they still have some flavor without the sugar because the sugar is not helping at all. Another thing that can have an impact on their voice is the excessive coughing and throat clearing. We did talk about that earlier, but if they're in an environment where the air may be a little bit more polluted or if they have colds, frequent colds all the time, if they are frequently clearing their throat, if they're not in well-ventilated places, if the area, again, is not being dusted, if it's too smoky and they're constantly doing <clears throat> like if you do it a few times, that stuff does not feel good. If you're doing it all the time, then it can have a real drastic impact. So just make sure that as much as possible, you can control the environment. And world changers, I know this is an interesting topic. I love talking about voice because it's something that we take for granted. It's something that we don't know about. It's something that's totally not mainstream, but we need to understand this stuff in order to know if something is wrong. This stuff should be just as common knowledge as everything else that's common knowledge whether it's seeing glasses or braces or hearing aids or whatever else you can think of to where you look at it and you're like, hey, this is going on. I need to get it fixed. I want you guys to understand the components that go along with these different diagnoses so you will be in the know. So if sugar is in that three to nine percent or if somebody you knows is in that three to nine percent, then they're getting the help that they need and you're getting tooled up to help them within the home. So that's all we have for today. I always have a blast hanging out with you guys, sharing this information with you guys. If you guys have any questions about this episode or past episodes of the What Is It series or any other series or any other episode that I have done, please don't hesitate to email me at questions at I've got this kid.com. We would love to hear from you. Also, check out past episodes. Download my free ebook, Maintaining a Healthy You. I've been getting really great feedback from you world changers out there, and I'm just glad to be helping and to be in this community, to be able to share some of my tips and some of my tools that I used when my sugars were young, and honestly, some tools that I still use today. So please take advantage of it. You can find it at www.iheartspeechtherapy.com. Join the community. You can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter. Until the next time, world changers, take care.